You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. This is Jacob Gutierrez. Welcome to the podcast, Jacob. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Joe. Really appreciate you uh, coming to the new studio for Broadway Podcast Network. Yeah. Make sure you go to the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com, and check out all the other great theater podcasts that we have available for you. So you just got your workout in. I did, yeah. I just walked 12 blocks here, and I'm. it was a leg day, and I'm actually still kind of queasy. So I'm like sitting here catching my breath and trying to cool off and not sweat through my shirt. Yeah. Yeah. We're over here on 53rd Street, and you said in between, uh, where were we, in between Broadway and 8th? Is that yeah. where we're at? And yeah. you haven't uh, ventured over here yet. Yeah, I was saying that as I walked in. I've never walked between this block on 53rd before, which is bizarre, because I've lived here for seven plus years. And as I walked down the street, I was like, I've never seen any of these buildings in my life. Yes. And it's like right in the heart of Midtown. I mean, stomping grounds for all the theater people. My favorite thing to walk by on this street or in this block is Hello Deli. Where's that at? Not Hello Dolly. No, I get you. <laughs> but I, my, 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 my brain goes initially to like, okay, what kind of so if you have? <laughs> if you're uh, walking on Broadway and take a left on 53rd, it's pretty much immediately to your right. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> Looks like it's been around for a good while. Probably since Hello Dolly opened. Probably. Not the revival, <laughs> yeah, but right, the original. Exactly the original. <laughs> and truthfully, I've never been in there. I just like the name. You just like the name. It's witty. Smart. Very Smart witty. for this hood. <laughs> it's very witty. Um, so Jacob currently has made his Broadway debut in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Got to see him. It was recently. Like yeah. Like a month ago. Yeah. Less than a month ago. A few weeks ago. Yeah. 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 You understudy Aladdin and Omar. That's right. Yeah. Omar's one of the three guys. Yeah, it's one of he's, the three friends. He's like the, I'd say he like brings the, this particular, maybe it's just the uh, the guy playing it now. The energy of Omar is, is up there. Yeah, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's always like, I always call him, I call him like the squirrely friend because it's just always like. That's a good way to put like it. It's like nervous energy that's, that's fun to 
it's fun to play around. I mean, whenever I get to go on for it, it's, yeah, it's fun to explore that part of myself of like kind of the anxious, nervous guy. But yeah, it's fun. And Brad Weinstock, who plays Omar, is truly fantastic. So it's fun to watch him work too. Um, when did you make your debut? Oh gosh, I made my debut on May 25th, 2018. Yeah, a year and like five months ago. May 25th, 2018. It was a day early. I had was supposed to debut on the 26th and I had my put in on Friday the 25th. Mike Longo and I actually had our put in together because we both joined the Broadway company at the same time. And um, yeah, I remember I finished the put in and I was doing a different track at that point when I was going into the show. And I just finished the put in. I'd gone to Kobayaki to get like, I got two dinners because I was starving. I had both dinners in hand when the stage manager called me and she was like, I need you you're on. And I, you know, imploded and was sweating and stomach ache and wanted to vomit the whole, the whole shebang. Um, and I like got back to the theater and had my two dinners there. And I took like maybe a bite and then put it away and got my brain wrapped around like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do this now. And my, um, both my parents were here and my brother and his wife were here and they were actually at Tavern on the Green in Central Park. Like, having dinner because they're like, oh yeah, we're going to the show tomorrow when you're in. And they like got their bills as fast as they could. They raced down to the box office, grabbed tickets, sat like, I think it was like sixth and seventh row. It was really cool. They actually got there in time. I remember my, my mother texted me at one point and she was like, do you, do you want us there? Do you just want to do it? And I was like, I mean, and I was in a, in a total, like in just, you know, freaking out. And I was like, sure. Yes. No, I don't know. You only debut once in your life. So thankfully they're there and I'm so glad they were, they saw me crapping myself <laughs> for yeah. what was two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. It went well. Did you remember everything? Oh God. No. I mean, it went fine. Nobody died. Yeah, uh, which is always a that's, good. That's, that's your that's, that's your job. Yeah, that's always the goal. Yeah. Um, no, it went fine. Um, I did black out. Like I remember there, we got to the button a friend like me, and we're in this pose, and you know, I'm sitting in this these gold sequin suit from head to toe with a cane in my hand, just so Broadway as Broadway can Broadway get Broadway, and I had this moment where I just looked out in the audience and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here, I did it, I'm here, and that was. Maybe one of the only moments the whole show, and then like curtain call where I was, I actually like took it in for a moment. And beyond that, it was just making sure I was in the right spot and making sure I was doing the right thing and the right choreo at the right time. Um, yeah, it was it was a whirlwind. It is a trip. It's a trip to do that. <laughs> How was the journey getting there? So you went to Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, Oklahoma City University. Yeah. How about growing up? Were you into theater before you went to school for musical theater? Obviously, at some point. You yeah, did, yeah. When I, did that come? Up? come along yeah i kind of came to it like late in the game i was a really shy i grew up in western kansas hayes kansas for any of you out there who know where it is it's like halfway between kansas city and denver on i-70 very small town theater there was few and far between you know our high school did a musical every fall and um the community theater did stuff here and there <clears throat> and i wasn't really involved i was a really shy kid i hated being in front of people i'm an introvert by nature i can obviously socialize and everything but introvert, very shy. And I grew up playing piano. So I did like piano competitions at state piano competitions all the time, playing my Mozart, Debussy, Chopin, Beethoven, everything. Um, and that was kind of my end to the music world. So I started with piano and then I started playing saxophone in middle school and joined jazz band, which was really fun. And I kind of found my niche in, in band at first. Um, and then I, when I got to high school, it was 
I was a sports kid too, ran track, cross country, played basketball. And it was the end of my freshman year. And I had done like this stomp routine at like my church, like youth um, conference or something. It was like a drumming thing. It was really fun. And the musical theater, like choreographer for the shows for the high school saw me and she told the the choir teacher that puts on the musical at school to like talk to me about auditioning for the musical the next fall. And I remember she kind of asked me and I was like, oh, no, I'm not really thinking about doing a musical or anything, but maybe I'll think about it. Sure. And by the end of freshman year, I'd kind of had my fill of sports three seasons a year. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll audition for this choir thing and try this out. And um, so I did and then ended up auditioning for the musical and we were doing Oliver that year. And uh, I got the role of Fagin, you know, like the, the ringleader of all the minions. And uh, yeah, I like really came to life uh, when I got on that stage. And I remember it was opening night and my parents had not seen me do any of this. And they were sitting there in the audience flabbergasted because they were thinking to themselves, who is this kid? We've never seen, we've never seen this child of ours <laughs> in the 16 years he's been alive. Yeah. And so it was that fall I was doing the show and simultaneously around the same time I went and saw the national tour of Wicked and um, I walked out at intermission and I looked at my mom and I said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I, cause I didn't know you could make a career of it. I had no idea. I was, you know, from a small town. I'd be, I don't sure shows exist, but the funny thing was actually before we went to see wicked, it was, a, it was a choir trip and our teacher was like, Hey, we're going to go see this broad musical wicked. It's a national tour. Um, if you want to come, just let us know by this date, pay, put down your deposit or whatever for the ticket. And I remember I turned around in choir and I looked at this girl and I was like, what's wicked. She was like, it's a musical. And I was <laughs> like, like, what do you mean though? Like, like stomp, like blue man group. Cause that was my brain, like musician, you know, like did stuff like that. And she said, no, a musical, like Cinderella and like looked at me like you idiot why don't you know this (laughs) and it's just so funny because that was the trip that that really yeah that kind of that set the path and when I told my mom that she said okay well you know put your mind to it let's let's figure out what you need to do to get there and so I started voice lessons at that point and um did the shows at school as much as I could you know like the fall musical spring play um yeah and that was kind of my intro into it Shout out to all the parents out there that Truly. when their kid says they yeah. want to go to a college and spend thousands to learn how to sing, dance, and mm-hmm. act better, and and the parent says, "I know, I support you, honey." I know, I you know. And do. here I was, like a four straight A student, like could have been like an engineer or a doctor, and I was like, "I want to go put on clothes really fast and sing songs." And yeah. <laughs> so their parents are like, "You, you live your dreams, Jacob." Man, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Oh, uh, that, I don't know if it's blind faith by the parents. I don't know if they just are like, yeah, I don't know. Even I mean, me doing it myself. Yeah. And then if I were to have kids and they said that they want to do it, I'd be like, are you sure? Are you, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's explore all the other options first. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, they were, they were super supportive. And I think they knew because they saw me, they saw a new life come into me when I did some of this stuff and I think they just didn't want to see that fade or fizzle and they still to this day, you know, they, they're so supportive. I mean, my parents are incredible and they're just super realistic. They're like, if you ever wake up and the passion's gone, then pursue something else. Like you, people switch careers all the time. Um, and even once I got to New York and, you know, had my years of auditioning and things working out here and there and other, and other things not and, and frustrations and discouragement, they've just always been like, you know, it's, it's your life. You know, if you, if you wake up a day and you, you're done, you're done. And yeah. that's okay. You know, when you said you were doing the musical and that you came to life, mm-hmm. 
it gave me chills because you weren't saying it in a metaphoric sense to me. It was like literal, like yeah. you for the first time, like you were alive. Yeah. In a yeah. whole new way. In a whole new way is exactly right. And it's it's funny, the process of getting there. I'm so type A and pretty meticulous about things. And I remember when I was in rehearsals for it, I was taking down every little note that the director was giving me, like writing down every single thing. And I remember at one point, the accompanist that was in the pit would like, shook her head and she was like why is he writing everything down but in a lot of ways that's kind of my process i gotta you know i gotta get i gotta gather all the info and then i can execute it how i need to and yeah there was just when it when you know when opening night came it was just like this release and this freedom into i don't know exploring something that wasn't me you know and that's still what it is you know when you get to tell a story that isn't yours you make it yours in whatever capacity you can but getting to explore kind of that part of yourself that you don't that I don't that Jacob doesn't explore you know from nine to five every day when I'm hustling about the city doing life doing this because I get so in the zone and there is a certain release into it but for me I have to get there it's like it's a process of and it still is like that it's still you know finding that I guess freedom within the structure that you build for yourself yeah for you to let go you don't let go you get all of your ducks in a a row in order so that you know that you have everything taken yeah. care of, and then you can let go. Yeah, that's me. Gather the data and then go. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. So you graduate from OCU. Yeah. And you move directly to the city? Yeah, I did a summer. Um, I got my equity card working at Dallas Theater Center. I did a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat uh, down there. Um, wonderful time. Incredible company, Dallas Theater Center. Shout out to you. You're incredible. Yeah, so I spent the summer there. I lived with my brother and his wife, which was amazing. And uh, yeah, got my equity card and moved up here on Labor Day. It was September 1st. Uh, yeah. And then the red carpet rolled out and you got book, <laughs> you, you booked Aladdin, right? Um, actually, yes. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> it was different. So my- Wait, like, so wait, what, about, what about the downs? I want to hear no, the No, there's downs. so many downs. Okay, I, mean, yeah, I want to hear well, the, the downs. The irony in that is that I, one of my first auditions when I got here was for Disney Cruise Line. And it was for the Aladdin show on Disney Cruise Line. And I did book it. So I left and like, you know, four months and went and did that for several years. But, oh, believe me, there have been downs. There have been ups and downs and frustrations. And I mean, what down do you want to hear about? Because I can tell you. Whatever whatever one you're (laughs) willing to, something that like for people out there that are either in the hustle and bustle of the audition grind and in the valley of it. Yeah. Or people that are on their fitness journey and they're like, oh, I'm so far away. I'm never going to get there. Absolutely. Um, after my, well, it was in the midst of my first uh, contract on Disney Cruise Line. It was a nine-month-long contract. I had strained my shoulder pretty significantly uh, early on in the rehearsal process before I even got on the boat. And so that whole contract was like colored by this shoulder injury. And I'd never had an injury before. And I was at that point like very in shape, had spent years at college, like really like pouring into my fitness journey because it mattered to me and it meant a lot to me and I really enjoyed it. So that contract was colored by that. My second contract, when I went back, you know, I finished nine months on Disney Cruise Line, took like a three, four month break of PT strictly, went back for another contract and that contract too, colored by the same thing because it just wasn't getting better because I had to keep using it. I was doing a stunt in Aladdin at the time that actually I swung from a rope from the middle of the stage with my right arm. After months and months of that, just the body said no. So I actually had surgery uh, for my uh, right labrum repair Fall I remember of, all this from your questionnaire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fall like, oh, of yeah. 2014. And I mean, to be honest, that 
That was one of, there's many hard things I've endured, but that was a really hard one. I had, so I, it was the last few weeks of my contract on Disney Cruise Line. I had lined up my sublet when I got back to the city. So I was going to be living with three strangers who were all wonderful guys, but I didn't know them. Um, had lined up my sublet and then the, basically the straw that broke the camel's back, back broke my shoulder and I left like several weeks early from my contract to have surgery. So I moved back to New York, was living with strangers. After two or three weeks of being here, I had surgery. I had to sleep on a recliner chair in the living room of this apartment for a few weeks before I moved the chair into the tiny bedroom I was subletting. Like, I mean, it. What, there was a Murphy bed in there, which I couldn't put down because I was in a sling. And this was October, so it was heading into the winter time. And I went through physical therapy and rehab um, in New York City for the next 12 months. Um, my tears, there were multiple tears in my shoulder, weren't, they weren't like crazy large, but just the fact that there were two of them and they're in front and behind my biceps tendon just made every movement I did painful. Um, and then talk about the mental emotional journey of it. Then I, my, my brain got in my own worst way. I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, my physical therapists at the time were my biggest champions, but I was not a difficult patient, but just like I was so scared to do anything because everything I did caused pain. And then, you know, the mental process, when you think about pain, it's going to cause more pain. So that 12 months of my life was uh, tricky because I wasn't auditioning because I couldn't really. And like, even if I did go in for certain things, you know, my agent would get me certain appointments. I'd be like, sure, I'll go in to see the team or, you know, see casting and show my face. But in my gut, I was like, I can't do the contract. I'm, I'm not better. I'm, I'm not well. Um, and I don't know how long this is going to take. And it was so frustrating. And, you know, I saw all my gains, if you will, leave because I lost so much weight because I, I tend to be thin as is. So for me to put on mass is work. And I worked so hard to gain muscle mass. Saw all that kind of dwindle away. And, you know, it, it was really <laughs> like an identity journey um, of figuring out what else makes you tick. What else do you love and care about? what people are in your life that invest in you and you can invest in. Um, and I had some friends that showed up in huge ways through that season, which like meant the world to me. Family showed up in the same way. Yeah. But that was a huge, that was, that was, oh my gosh. After all that happened and you went back when you finally got to go back into auditioning or performing, yeah. did you feel like Jacob 2.0 mentally and spiritually in the sense of, you grew as a person in a different way. And then did that help you as a performer? Absolutely. I mean, it gave me so much perspective because when you get out of college at a musical theater department, your brain is musical theater. You're going to the city to pursue musical theater. That is why I'm moving to New York City. And I, that's my life. And so it actually gave me so much more life in other ways that when I went back as kind of, yeah, 2.0 Jacob, there was balance. It was a, uh, yeah, I'll have three or four auditions this week. And then after the auditions, I'm going to go do this other thing. Or I'm going to do this, this thing or, or, you know, I, in the, in the process of this, I got a job working for Mercedes Benz as a product specialist. So that was my like, sort of like side hustle gig. And it was amazing. Cause like that job taught me so much about this whole world. I had no idea about cars and working with incredible people across the country and do, traveling and doing stuff with them. But yeah, it just gave perspective. It was and I still carry that perspective to this day. Like at Aladdin, it's it's such an incredible group of people there because we are all there. We show up, we do our job and we love it and we embrace it while we're there. And when we leave, we leave and you leave it behind. And yeah, if we have an audition, sure, you gear yourself up, you go into an audition and you do your best work. 
but I just gave balance because I think that's I think that's the mo for so many college grads is you get to the city and your world is musical theater and there's just so much more to life than that and you know when it's all taken from you quote unquote taken from you like when I have my injury you have to find other things to invest in and give your time to and and then getting back in the gym or getting back into auditioning every little half step forward is a victory it's and you you count the victories yeah you have to embrace them yeah be grateful on the day oh my gosh on the regular and anytime i find myself i don't know jaded or frustrated or tired or whatever it may be that's the reminder if i don't give it to myself my dad will give it to me he'll be like hey have you checked in with gratitude today and i'm like Ooh. Whoa, Dad! <laughs> I know, Dad. With Thanks, the truth Dad. Bombs. Whoa, always with the truth bomb. Not a dad joke, but like a dad no. bomb. Yeah, he'll. It's so great. He'll call me sometimes, <laughs> and it's just like Dad on super like megaphone for like forty five seconds, and I hang up, and I'm like, Whoa, yeah, I feel so encouraged. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, but but it's real. You know, I you know I'm I've been at Aladdin now for almost a year and a half, and yeah, some of those eight show weeks they get. They get grueling and mm. and it's hard. And that eighth show of the week or that seventh show of the week, knowing you still have an eighth show, you got to kind of check yourself. And, you know, sometimes you fail and sometimes you succeed, but you really do. You walk in there with a, as my dad says, a gratitude attitude. He loves that. Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, it really, it really does check yourself. And yeah, yeah I, I still count those victories. I mean, heck, today when I was at the gym doing my leg workout, I was doing alternated Arnold presses above me and I was like, wow, I remember when I couldn't do this for two and a half years, three yeah. years, you know, dealing with an injury and then a recovery. Like, whoa, I'm pressing weight above my head. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back to you talking about like when you were recovering and when you were kind of just obsessing over the fact that better yet or you're losing your gains mm. or, or I, I can't do this, I can't do this. Or when you get back to when you got back to it, like submersing yourself a little bit too deeply, maybe you didn't, but others, others could in this case, I find that in fitness that people do that a lot to the, to a fault, meaning like they're so immersed in what they can't do uh -huh. or when they are doing it, they're so consumed with that doing it mm -hmm. that they're sabotaging the progress because they'll either a burn out, yeah. Or B, they'll never meet the perfect standard that they're setting for themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, oh, there's so many layers in that, but that's true. Um, I think for a long time I focused on what I couldn't do. Um, and that's when the perspective had to shift and I had to focus on every, like, every baby step forward that I made and was like, cool, I can do this. And like, even today, to this day, some, sometimes certain things don't feel great. But that's where the knowledge comes in and says, okay, well, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop this and maybe I'll do this instead. And I mean, you're still, you're still moving forward. And I mean, just oh, shoot, the mind is so dang powerful with this stuff. Um, and to be frank, my physical therapists have trained me in this and I am like indebted to them. And I tell them all the time when I see them, like, I'm like you guys have taught me how to like function in this stuff. Because I didn't know that, you know, going into all the recovery or injury and recovery and stuff, I didn't know how much the mind played the games. And it, it really is true. And, and I, yeah, it, and that's what they are is mind games. Like, yeah, so focusing on what you can do. And I mean, the other thing for me is, is 
you know, even when I started built for the stage, I, you know, some of these workouts, I was doing some of these Olympic lifts that I was like, scared, truly scared. I'm like, Oh gosh, I, I haven't done this in like mm, seven years. Oh, are we going to, and, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to check my pride at the door. I'm going to grab a 10 pound dumbbell mm-hmm. or whatever it may be and do this single arm snatch above my head. And it's okay that I'm doing 10 pounds when I used to do, you know, whatever, 35s or 40s or something. And I was like, it's fine. Like I had that moment today where I was like, I'm just going to grab this lighter weight. I'm going to let my body, yeah. you know, navigate this. And because I think that's the other fault that people make is they go into the gym and they want to be like, oh, well, when I was here three years ago, I did, you know, this much weight. And so they want to start there. It's like, well, you're if you haven't really been doing this, your, your body, body's significantly weaker, which is okay because mm-hmm. that's just where you're at today. So just, you know. I don't know, tread lightly. Yeah, you get, are where you are and you yeah, have to be okay with that. Yeah, That'd be absolutely. like me stepping into uh, a voice studio for the first time in <laughs> four or five years and just thinking I was going to let it rip. You know? Yeah, Like yeah. the good old days. Yeah, no, exactly. You got to put the time in and, and if you lost the time, you just got to you gotta get it back, but you can't do it instantly. No, and that's what it is. I mean, it's just an investment. Put your quarter in a day. So talking about being a person in theater and not a theater person, hmm. what's something that you love to do outside of theater? Oh gosh. Well, the past 10 months is I I purchased my home like 10 months ago. Oh, out congratulations. Of the thanks, thanks. It's been a journey, a learning lesson of life. Wow. <laughs> um, but it's actually been house projects. So I've been, I don't know, painting, staining decks, putting in trenches, uh Gosh, I was doing mason work with my dad a couple weeks ago. I was, you know, rebuilding the front stairs, painting iron railings, you know, like you name it. It's kind of been that. And it's been really, really amazing because I, I've i been expanding my mind in new ways that I've never, I haven't had the chance to do. I was a city dweller. I lived in the city. I rented an apartment. I never had, I never needed to learn how to take off the trap from my drain in the kitchen and learn how to pump the drain myself, which is what I was doing yesterday at like noon. So, which is like part of home ownership. Um, so that's, that's kind of turned into a hobby. It's, it's been like this fixer upper I bought and, uh, you know, learning different things there and, and not being afraid of it and just trying well, it. I know who to call if, if I ever go through this. <laughs> well, you should call YouTube. I mean, just I mean, I learned I learned everything on YouTube. I'm just Google what I want to do and I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." It doesn't I struggle bad. to change a light bulb, my friend. So, <laughs> if I were to do the fixer upper, I mean, woof. I mean, yesterday was I I felt like I was in knee deep when I had pulled off the underneath my kitchen sink cuz my drain has been slow. And I tried like a little bit of like the Drano stuff and it was like not really working. And my dad was like, you need to like just get your shop back out and go in there and just vacuum the pipe out. And I was like, good old dad. I know. Good old dad. Give him the truth again. I know. I know. And I was really reluctant to do it, but I did it. But, you know, I had like, you know, the black nasty from the all all over me. I was wearing I was wearing these shoes. They're clean now, I promise. Um, But uh, I was like. He's sitting there cursing, like, what is this? But, you know, my drain drains again, so I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. <laughs> it definitely does. Last question. Yeah. Your favorite moment that you have in Agrabah when you're up on the stage, what's one that, like, no matter what, it's oh, getting gosh. you through the show? Ooh, on a nightly basis. Honestly, it's kind of like the, the kickoff of the show, Arabian Nights, when the whole company, you know, the genie starts on stage and the whole company starts coming in once like the curtain rises up and everything. And it's really cool. I'm, I'm right downstage crossing with a sword 
right in their faces, the audience faces and seeing the first three or four rows of faces lighting up or like smiling from ear to ear because they're seeing the story come to life that they grew up with or they, maybe they saw the movie recently or something, whatever it may be, but it's very cool when the entire chorus comes in and it's like, we're just wailing and we're all up in your grill, just, you know, doing this number it's, and there's so much to see. I mean, it's it, the visual stimulation in our show is truly off the charts. Um, that is something really cool. It's it, that's when you check in with the audience, you're like, okay, what kind of crowd do we have tonight? Um, how are they responding to what's happening? And then there's other moments too, but that's always one that sticks out because I'm right up, right up in them. And it, you just, you see, you see it like five feet from my face. I'm watching this audience member either laughing, like gasping, smiling, whatever it is, or the little kids like on the edge of their seats because I remember one time I came out and I was swinging my sword around and this kid, this little kid was like scared because he was like, Oh my God, it's a sword. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a real sword too. Yeah. Um, that's a really, really special moment. And then beyond that, it's just the company. I mean, the company, the crew, everyone in that building, like there are so many things you do throughout the show, fist bumps that you give at certain moments, high fives, certain people saying hi to certain stage managers at certain sides of the stage. And, and then the camaraderie downstairs and the bunker as we're changing with our dressers and the hair people and, um, it's just, it's a happy place. It's, it's a happy place full of really awesome people. And I mean, collectively, if you come in and you're having, if you're having a rough day, someone will bring you up. Someone will. Mm. And, and it's in, it's in different ways each time, you know, someone could say a certain thing or I don't know, you know, whatever it may be, yeah. you know, someone could share a story from the day and it kind of gives you a little different, the little things that get you through truly. Right? Yeah. And you have to find them. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having Jacob. me, Joe. Yeah. I'm going to do a fun little thing. I'm going to sign us off, right? Okay. And I noticed on your uh, resume that you have <laughs> quite a few dialects listed. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. I'll just read them off for everyone. We have <laughs> Cuban, Puerto Rican, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Minnesotan, Deep South, yeah. Texan. Oh, good old Texan. Maybe we'll do a comparison of what <laughs> what's the difference between Deep South and Texan. Oh gosh! Okay, and I then got we got British RP, and then Cockney. Oh golly! Let's you really do. Are let's put me on the spot. Let's do the Deep South and Texan. Can we do the difference between? Oh no! It? I just hit your camera. That's it what, no. It's over. it's uh, someone called me just now. I think it turned off anyways. Okay. The IGTV is only about three minutes long, so we got plenty. Okay. Did you watch the IGTV out there? If you didn't, go to the Instagram at Bill for the Stage. That wasn't that wasn't the close off. But okay. if you're listening. It's I, still I on. We're still recording. Oh, we're recording. This is oh, this gosh. is on. This is on. Um, well, I mean, if it's if it if it's Texas, I, I channel my sister in law Tiffany because she talks like this. Uh, it's just like like she's from West Texas. Like I, I don't know. Is it is it is it Amarillo? I don't know. But it's like it's like really body like this, you know. And then the deep south is more is is slower like this, you know. If I'm from Georgia, and I'm actually shocked I could even do that right that now on the spot. I'm kind of sweating. Texas like, was like. It seemed flatter in your mouth, like it was f- more flat. And then the deep south seemed a little taller and slower. You know what's funny is I just I just think of people when I want to do one. I'm like, okay, how does right. this person talk? I'll just channel that. I like the te- <laughs> I like the Texan the most. So when we sign off, we can do. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll do my sign off. Okay, and then you you can say Kill, whatever you man. want. You could say, and this is Jacob Gutierrez <laughs> signing off. And your Texan. I don't know if I can even say it with my like. Te- uh, I'll try. Oh, I'll that's, try. That's a challenging last name to say. Texan. Truly. Words. Well, they'd say they they'd say it wrong. They'd okay, say, well then say it wrong. Okay. And then we'll make sure that they know how to say it right. <laughs> Sorry. I'll I'll say it first though, so okay. that they know how to say it. But 
<laughs> All right, so this is going to be the official uh, signing off here. Thanks again for tuning in to Built for the Stage podcast. Once again, if you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com, fill out that easy contact form, and we'll get you on your way. Or go to the Instagram at Built for the Stage and DM me there. Give us a follow. If you like the podcast, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Don't forget about broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. You can find Jacob on the gram at Jacob T, as in Thomas, but his first name's J. What's your middle name? Thomas. Yeah! <laughs> you can find like, him at. Is that, on, is, like, is that online? You can find him at Jacob T. Gutierrez, G U T I E R R E Z. All right, guys, it's me, Roscoe, signing off with Jacob Gutierrez, who's not from Texas. <laughs> Bye, y'all. That's so offensive. No, I don't think so. <laughs> If it is, DM us. Love the South. Bye. (laughs) Texas forever. Don't forget about Broadway Podcast Network. Go to the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Go to the Instagram, Broadway Podcast Network. There's uh, tons of good content on our network, like Josh Swallow's Broadway, or Ensemblist, or Equity One, or the Theater Podcast. There's like 90 of them. Just go see which one you like the best after you listen to mine and uh yeah you got you guys have yourself a good day it's me roscoe signing off hey it's leslie odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.